welcome to the Anishinaabe History Podcast. I'm Chris Waite. What is a treaty anyway? In Canada, there are several numbered treaties that were signed between the government and various First Nations. Treaty number one was signed in 1871, whereas Treaty number nine was signed in 1905, with reservation adhesions made in 1930. In other words, not every treaty is the same. In North America, there have been hundreds of treaties signed between various governments and First Nations since the Royal Proclamation of 1763. For instance, there was the Treaty of Fort Laramie signed in 1851. This treaty was between the U.S. government and eight other nations, the Arapaho, the Arakara, the Assiniboine, the Cheyenne, the Crow, the Hidatsa, the Lakota, and the Manban. The area that the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1851 covered included parts of what are now known as Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, as well as North Dakota and South Dakota. The Fort Laramie Treaty was created to give safe passage to European migrants seeking gold and new lives along the west coast. The emigres traveled via the Oregon Trail because gold had been discovered near San Francisco a few years prior. That's why they're called the 49ers. Wildlife dwindled under the pressure of an increasing population. By the mid-1800s, there was rapid population growth due to immigration. Urban health was increasing and European cities were overcrowded. Overcrowding and lack of jobs resulted in forced and unforced migrations of hundreds of thousands of people into and throughout the New World. The Fort Laramie Treaty of 1851 was signed to ensure safety for newcomers embarking on the Oregon Trail. Yet, despite the Laramie Treaty being in place, towns and mines were founded on lands belonging to native signatories with impunity. In fact, the U.S. Army often armed and protected encroaching settlers when it was expected that the Army would respect the borders defined in the treaty. Fighting amongst signatory native nations also broke out soon after the signing of the treaty. Recall that the Indian Removal Act was used to justify the forced relocation of native people to areas west of the Mississippi, also known as the Trail of Tears in the 1830s. By the 1850s, tens of thousands of Oregon Trail pioneers traveled westward each year. There were attacks on wagon trains, but not every Indian was an enemy of the whites. For instance, amongst the Shoshone was a chief named Washaki. In his younger days, he was very warlike and claimed to have killed many enemies from nearby native nations. But as he aged, he mellowed out. Washaki's camp became a safe place for European and American travelers. However, as the influx of European Oregon Trail migrants traveled westwards, some native people grew increasingly concerned with the overall effect of so many people using and abusing the ecosystem. There was concern with the decreasing amount of game. Also, it was a time of concerted warfare against indigenous nations by Spanish and American armies. The Indian Removal Act was enacted in 1830, for example. And in 1835, the country of Mexico placed a bounty on Apache scalps. The American war against the Apaches officially occurred from 1849 to 1886, but the Spanish had been fighting the Apache since the 1600s. 
Imagine what those decades in the mid-1800s were like for many indigenous people. Being forced westward along the Trail of Tears by one government and having a bounty on your scalp by another, while both governments want your expulsion or extinction so that they can have the ground beneath your feet. In 1854, the Grattan Massacre marked the beginning of the First Sioux War against the United States Army. 1854 was also the year that the United States signed a treaty known as the Treaty of La Pointe with ten Chippewa bands on the west side of Lake Superior. Part of the La Pointe Treaty indicates Pigeon River as a boundary. Pigeon River is still used today as a boundary between Canada and the United States. A decade after the Laramie and La Pointe Treaties were signed, Red Cloud's war occurred from 1866 to 1868. Red Cloud, born in 1822, was a leader of a group of Oglala Lakota people. He was a man with followers from a nation who shared a way of living and who were fighting to maintain that way of living. It was under these conditions that some wagons were attacked. Xenophobia and bloodshed ruled the wild, wild west. In 1868, there was a second Fort Laramie Treaty. It was a do-over because the 1851 treaty was a failure. Canada, interestingly, was founded in 1867 in the midst of Red Cloud's War. North of the Medicine Line at Fort Garry, Treaty No. 1, as it's called, was signed in 1871. Although the treaty signed at Fort Garry is known as Treaty No. 1, there were previous treaties amongst various First Nations and European governments in what is now known as North America. In Canada, government relations with First Nations followed a somewhat different path than in the United States. For example, there were not as many long-term war campaigns against Native inhabitants as had happened in the United States. While wars against and persecutions of Native people occurred in the lower half of the United States and Mexico, Anishinaabe people in boreal woodlands were living a different experience. For people living in the Hudson Bay watershed, the fur trade was still in full swing. The wars of the American Southwest were muted somewhat by the snow of the forest. In fact, in the 1850s, Deep in the interior country of the Anishinaabek, Jesuit missionaries were still just beginning to make inroads to teach the Bible. America, newly separated from British rule, took control of its own destiny in the New World, and America would make its own rules concerning indigenous nations. That's all for today's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. I'm Chris Waite. And this has been the Anishinaabe History Podcast.